0: Radio.
1: Back here on Six Ten Sports Radio, nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Dan and KCK. Hi, Dusty. Chiefs will run the table. I still believe in the offense and defense is great. Let's pound the Bills. Take care. You take care. Enjoy the holidays this month and gear up for the playoffs. Who cares? The next few games. Fair enough.
0: Roger in the Ozarks, go ahead, man. Hey, Dusty, enjoying your show while I'm driving back home tonight. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for listening. Hey, I got I got five boys, Dusty, all pretty darn good kids. Oh, nice, good for you. Two of them, two of them played football up at Missouri Western in St. Joe. Okay. They had a good buddy named Jonathan Owens uh-huh. up there, who played safety for Missouri Western, and you know, four years of watching the Chiefs training camp which was fantastic and usually when the Chiefs broke camp they would leave the some of the boys their cleats you know and and the kids would wear them at practice up there at Mo West but I want you know some people would seem like they're in shock that he took that shot on Patrick Mahomes and I'm glad he didn't hurt him thank God but I want you all to imagine moving your stuff out of the locker in a black trash bag so the Chiefs can come in there and and put a random Chiefs player in your locker up there at Missouri Western. Can't come back in until they're gone and start football practicing. Stand at the rope fence and watch them. Maybe they'll give them a pair of gloves or something like that. That kid, I remember giving him a a little bit of money just to go to dinner with my boys sometime. I don't ever remember that kid having more than $7 in his pocket, a 5-2-1. He goes to Houston, gets signed, Meets Simone Biles, marries her. If you don't think he's going to take that shot, if Patrick Mahomes is an inch in the green, boy, you don't know what hungry is. And I was just talking to my buddy there that answered the phone when I called. I wish the Chiefs would find that hunger again. I'm just, they seem too methodical. Like they're just trying to run the plays right. Like, like everything's on paper, like, like, they're just trying to run the plays on paper like on the diagram. Now, let me tell you something. Okay. If that Jonathan Owens kid, after watching the Chiefs at that railing for four years and having to put his gear in a black trash bag and move it out, now that's hungry. That's, that's a hungry player out there on that football field. And I just wish the Chiefs – I'm just not seeing that fire and hunger like I'm used to seeing from them. And uh, that's all I got for you. I thought I'd just share that story with you. All the boys are doing great, everybody. So, waiting for baseball season because that's what I really enjoy after officiating basketball and football. So. <laughs> I the- they always enjoy listening to your show on my drives home, okay?
1: I appreciate that, Raj, and take care and get home safe. Appreciate the phone call. Shout out to your five boys. Praise God for all that and everybody that had to, you know, help those kids grow up. I'm sure that wasn't easy. But to your point – the look of hunger or the look of whatever it may be, man, you got to think, I, th- I don't know if there's a team in the last four years that have played more games than the Kansas City right. Chiefs, right? and I get it. Like, I'm not here to make excuses that they're tired, that they're, you know, doing whatever. But I think that the excuse I could make is that they know when they need to turn it on. And we haven't really seen that team except for maybe like four times this year. The first half against the Jets, it looked like, okay, there they are. The Chicago Bears game, they put up 40, and you're like, all right, that's the offense. But then again, you were like, it's the Bears. The Vegas game two weeks ago, you were like, yes. What, that's we, just, it. what we just saw, that's it. wash, rinse, repeat, and just keep implicating that into the offense and do it. And then last night, you know, some things didn't go right. Some guys are on camera. There's a lot of, you know, looks of, you know, distraught, disheveled. Like I said to Pete, man, Kelsey just looked like beat up, man. Kelsey just looked like he'd been through it. And I'm never going to say that athletes don't have a certain lack of hunger or a certain lack of, you know, want to. I don't believe in that. I think that that's just how they're portrayed. It's just when and how the camera goes to them, and then you can make your assumptions. But I do believe that they know, they trust in themselves, and they know that the playoffs are where they really need to be great. And if you're not going to have it, you know, fine-tooth combed by the time it's, you know, January, then it's really scary. But if it gets to the playoffs and you're seeing these mistakes, then it's like, okay, that's where it matters. Because it is Kansas City. It's title or bust. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's AFC championship game or bust every single weekend. Jags just score. It's 14 to seven on Monday night football. Anything you
2: want to add to that? Well, I, I, I know a big analogy guy, right? Yeah. So let's say that you got a sales job and you're top salesman on your team. Uh-huh. And, you know, every year, you know, you hit your quarterly bonuses and everything. But after you've been doing it for like four or five years, you're like, well, you know, I guess it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. as long as I hit that bonus. Right. So I can push it really hard at the end of the quarter and hit my bonus. Yeah. Because I know that I'm capable of it. Mm -hmm. But you might have some days early in the quarter where you're just like, man, you know, I'm just trying to get to five o'clock. Get out of here. You know, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I worked my butt off last year. Like, let's, let's just kind of go through the motions and then I'll really start grinding and coming into the office a little early and staying a little late and really pushing for those sales once it really matters, once it's really going to affect my success at this business. I feel like that's what they're doing right now. You know? Yeah. They're like, hey, we know we're going to the playoffs. You know, they they all know, yeah. like, hey, we're going to win this division. We are too good to choke away a lead like this in the AFC West. So we're going to yeah. have a home playoff game. We know we're good in the playoffs. We know we've been there. We've done that. Honestly, like, did that game matter last night? A little bit, yeah, Yeah. when it comes to seeding. But in the grand scheme of things, if you're just like, hey, we're good enough that once we get in, we can win four games and call ourselves back-to-back champions, that's really all that they care about.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it's like you say, it's like it's a a job. It's a cliche? It's a
2: marathon, not a race. Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint.
1: Yeah, you can can try to get there as fast as you can, but that's going to cause added stress. And where the Chiefs have their concerns or where the Chiefs, I think, have their issues right now are on just getting it right because they are a team, and I think that you can look at all the, you know, semantics that support this sort of narrative is they are a team that is – ran to as close of perfection that there can be because we know the NFL, right? Andy Reid knows how the NFL is. If you have a game against a Denver Broncos team, that's not good. They're not as superior as you, but you turn the ball over five times. You're not going to win. No, right. You, you look at KU games, for instance, right? KU is a really, really good team this year, but they played UConn and they knew they were at home and they went on 11. 0 run. With like three and a half minutes left and won the game. Put it away. They knew what they had to do towards the end, right? Right. You look at the Royals in 2014 and 2015. They just knew they had to be up by one by the sixth inning. They could be down 3-0 in the first. But by the time it got to the sixth, if they were up 4-3, boom, boom, boom. We know we got to get there. Yep. And if they didn't, they knew it was 162-game schedule. You can't win them all. Did the game last night leave you with a sour taste in your mouth? Probably. Was it 100% blame on the Chiefs not having it? I don't know. There was a terrible no call at the end of the game. There was a fourth and one play that happened. There was other things that happened for the Chiefs as well, like the hit on Mahomes. Probably not technically a foul, but it is the NFL. We know that's going to get called for 31 other quarterbacks. Maybe Derek Carr doesn't get that call, but Trevor Lawrence gets that call. Uh, C.J. Stroud gets that call. Like They're going to call that because it's all about the protection of the innocent. And Patrick Mahomes is, whether you believe it or not, he's giving himself up even though he's not 100% out, and he got walloped. But, again, you can blame the calls. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, there's playoffs to be played. And the team that has the most experience in that department are your Kansas City Chiefs. Again, the teams in the playoffs right now are the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Jags, and the Baltimore Ravens, let's get to the playoffs. You didn't lose the playoffs yet. I get it. You'd love to have the one seed. You'd love to be the top dog. You'd love to have that bye. I totally understand that. And at the end of the season, it's the healthiest team, maybe not always the best team. You look at San Francisco last night. Beat the snot out of Philadelphia. They're finally healthy. If Brock Purdy was in that game last year, the championship game. There's maybe it goes that belief way. some that maybe you're playing Kyle Shanahan and the Niners in the next season.
2: Maybe. See, my whole thing is, it kind of brings me back to that, you know, the lack of the huge gap between the Chiefs and everybody else. Because we've had these same kind of conversations over the last few years. You know, why does the defense look like this? Or the offense looks like they're just kind of going through the motions. Mm -hmm. We've had these conversations. There's just been so much of a talent gap in between the Chiefs and everybody else that they find a way to win games like last night. And this year... There's not as much of a gap anymore. So you don't execute, you're going through the motions and you make one mistake or two mistakes or you got too many penalties, whatever it is. Right. You can lose those games now. It's just is it you're not that much better than everybody else. Which is fine. You're still the best.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about the snap count and the offense on the other side as it is now a three-headed monster. They leaned into Pacheco. We'll also give you a quote that Pete Sweeney said tonight about what makes kind of a little bit of sense when it comes to this NFL. Again, we said it's a marathon, not a sprint. You got to get to the playoffs and then it begins for James. It's Nick. I'm Dusty. This is After Hours. Listen to 610 Sports Radio. Back here on After Hours on a Monday night reacting to the Chiefs Packers game, we'll get you set up for the Bills and Chiefs coming up this week. 325 Sunday. Um and then in 2 weeks that game got flexed out. Uh not because of the Chiefs. Definitely not because of the Chiefs. Did you see they had a graphic promoting Pittsburgh and New England for the next uh third I think that's what Thursday night's game? Yeah. Yeah. And it was the graphic they used was TJ Watt and Bill Belichick. <laughs> They didn't even have a damn player in their graphic no, for New England. I, who
2: are you going to put on that graphic? Ramondre Stevenson. Probably. I mean, for, he got hurt, right? I he think I'm back. I don't know. I do that. That was the worst football game ever. Terrible. Terrible. I really hey, like you can't even walk away as a Chargers fan being like, wow, nice win!" you're like, we scored six points and still covered. Yeah.
1: Five and a half point yeah. favorites
2: and covered by scoring two field goals. Dude, that game between Only the third Pittsburgh time it's ever and happened. New England is going to be like any of those Iowa football games. It's this like year. football for dummies. Like, I feel like their their point total over under is going to be one and a half, two and a half points. Per, per half. Am I wrong for saying this? And this is a take I'm going to have on
1: on Thursday night because no show tomorrow we will have K-State basketball for you starting at 5 o'clock. They tip off at 6. Wednesday is Arrowhead Pride Radio. Thursday will be players only, then two hours of after hours and Friday full show. Patrick Mahomes is quarterback one in the NFL, right? There's Mm -hmm. nobody better. We can all agree. Who's the next best quarterback? When healthy. Joe Burrow? We're okay with that? Joe Burrow, quarterback two? Patrick Mahomes, 1A1. Burrow 1B, win when healthy, when healthy? Yeah, probably. Okay, fair. All right. Tyree Kill is the best wide receiver in football. There's a little bit of a gap. There's a little bit of a gap <laughs> between he and the next guy. Yeah. Because I think you could have the same argument that when healthy, Justin Jefferson's probably wide receiver too. Right. Right? And he's really good. But, man, Tyree Hill on Sunday had two catches – for 133 yards and two touchdowns, there is not another man in this league that can do that.
2: All right, so I was having a conversation yesterday with uh, one of my buddies, and I posed the question, and I'm going to pose it to you right now, if uh, if Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. goes on to do similar things, you know, maybe not 2,000 yards every year, but, like, be the best wide receiver in football for the next five years. Oof. Is he in goat wide receiver conversation? No, I don't think you'll ever pass Jerry Rice or Randy Moss. I really don't. I don't know,
1: man. They just, I think, I don't think Tyreek Hill's here for a long time. I think he's here for a good time. I shout out George Strait, by the way. Yeah, I can see that. And he's said it. Once his contract in Miami is done, he's retiring. Because we talked about it before, like, wide receivers and tight ends, really all they need is one ring for, like, solidification of a great career. Like, you look at Calvin Johnson, like, oh, yeah, the numbers were great. The only thing he was missing was a ring. A ring. Quarterbacks, on the other hand, they always need two. Like, Aaron Rodgers, personally, I think the only reason he's in the league still is because he wants to get that next ring. Because if he doesn't, he's in that same kind of category as really, really good, probably one of the best we've seen. Like Drew Brees right? and, and guys Brees, like that. You Drew know? Brees is really in that upper echelon, in my opinion. No. Great quarterback for a long, long, long time. With receivers like Tyree Kill, like I don't think that he's necessary. I don't think, look, I think he would want to win another Super Bowl, and he's got a chance to get there this year with the team that they have. But like, I don't, I don't think Tyree Kill needs to do anything else. Like he's at a level right now, in my opinion, at where Antonio Brown was for like three years.
2: Right. Like, where it was... But he's put together a more impressive career. And before... Yeah. No doubt. I mean, not just the rings and everything. And before that, it was like Julio Jones. Right. Where,
1: what was it every year? It was like, Julio Jones, first pick in fantasy drafts. Every game would have, like... Now, he didn't have the touchdowns that Tyreek has. Tyreek has, I think, 12 touchdowns this year. He's got 1,400 yards receiving. I think he's got 10 or 12. I think it's 12. And to me, it's just that, like, watching... It's just... It's interesting. And... It's not to tie in that. He's got 12. Yeah, 12 touchdowns and
2: 1,481 yards. He
1: needs 519 to set the record, and he's got five games left, and he plays, like, the Jets, uh, a couple other dud teams. He's probably going to do it. And it's not necessarily, like, to add salt in the wound, like, thanks, Dusty. It'd be really awesome if Tyree Kill was still on the uh, Chiefs. Yeah, probably. But it just goes to show you that, like, they had an outlier of a wide receiver, and I think that's where this – Fan base kind of gets a little foggy with their perception on what it is. Like, we really miss Tyreek. Well, everyone's gonna miss Tyreek. Right, like when right. he's not playing in Miami, Tua's gonna be like, "Man, it was really nice when Tyreek was there." Because I can tell you right now, watching that game yesterday, he did similar things that Mahomes would do, where he just threw it to the middle of the field. Yeah, how about I just throw it as far as I can? And that's what was the old meme, F it, Tyreek down there somewhere." <laughs> yeah, right. That's what that's what Tua was doing yesterday. Yeah. Like I was driving home from the from the show on Sunday. By 1214, by the time I had taken an exit off Nall onto 435, not 435, yes, 435. I take that exit, right? Going down Nall, driving home, Commanders, and it's Miami. And by the time I get, do you know where the quick trip is right by top golf? Mm-hmm. I was right there, and it was 73 yard touchdown at to Tyree Kill. Yep. And then by the time I got home, it was 66 yard touchdown. Tyreek Hill, no, the guys there's not a guy in the league that can do that. And I understand that everybody's like, well, if they had a wide receiver, you'll just need somebody like Rasheed Rice to consistently be that guy. Like you don't need right, I think. the best in the league. Like when you go in the offseason, we can talk about their free agents. Mike Evans, Cal Ridley, Michael Pittman Jr. Who's a dog. I love Michael Pittman Jr. And, you know, guys like that, that's, I think you don't need to find Tyreek But you need somebody better than MVS. And you got to find that comfortable spot to where, in a league today, wide receivers get paid a ton of money. Mm -hmm. But you can't, on a team like this, with a guy that makes a ton of money and a defense that you might want to keep together, you're not going to be able to go get a guy that's going to be like a T. Higgins who's going to want a ton of money. But you got to find that gap. And that's why I think, like you said earlier, D-Hop would have been a great addition. Adam Thielen would have been a good addition. Those are guys that, guess what, they don't drop the ball.
2: No, And that's what you need.
1: You don't need right. the best
2: in the league. Well, and I think that Chiefs fans have been spoiled for a long time, but also I think everyone doesn't kind of put it into perspective of how much of a winning the lottery kind of draft pick it was with Tyreek. Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, you found a guy in the fifth round that fell because of things that were going on in college and everything like that. But he turned out to be a guy that you drafted as a punt returner that turned out to be. A guy who I'm posing a question of, if he does this for five years, is he the greatest wide receiver of all time? That stuff doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That stuff does not happen. And so, you know, the Chiefs fans have had really unrealistic expectations when it comes to Nicole Hardman, who was supposed to be the guy who was drafted to mimic what Tyreek Hill can do. He's never going to be Tyreek Hill. He never was going to be. Right. Sky Moore, same thing. Rasheed Rice is having... Actually, statistically better first season than Tyreek was. I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill. No, no one is. No one is. But that's the thing is, like, Chiefs fans, you have to temper your expectations a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, just go out there. And I I always like to say the Madden rating thing, right? Mm -hmm. You just need to get a couple of guys who are in the 80s to be standing on the outsides. Mm -hmm. You don't need a 99 and a 99 at tight end. And, you know, you just need to get guys that are competent that you know, hey, I can force this guy the ball. Mm-hmm. I can get this guy the ball, and he can make it play. Or I know he's going to be in the right spot <laughs> when he's running his right. route. Yeah, you know, you just need, you need those kind of things where it seems like the reason why there's so much frustration with this group is because they haven't been doing very much right. It's not like they're just not doing the little things right. No, they've been dropping balls. They've been running the wrong routes. They've been bad overall. Sure. And Rasheed Rice has been the one bright spot so far. And like you said, I mean, listen, you, over the next few years, you draft another Rasheed Rice, you go get a guy like Michael Pittman Jr., Mm. or even a Mike Evans at the end of his career, or Calvin Ridley. Or I was going through the list, and I'm telling you, man, they're going to go pick up Josh Reynolds and say, hey, that's good, because that just seems like what they're going to do. But he, uh, You don't need a Uh Tyreek Hill. You don't need the top-end guy because you also can't afford the top-end guy. Uh You got lucky because you had Tyreek Hill on a bargain contract after his rookie deal because of the circumstances. Like, that was a stars-aligning moment for Tyreek Hill to be here for as long as he was. And you won a Super Bowl. He went to a bunch of Pro Bowls. And he's the best wide receiver in football. Has been. I get it. Justin Jefferson's a baller. I believe Yeah, he is. You know, Jamar Chase is great, too, but – they're not Tyreek Hill. No, you just, they're, they're, Tyreek Hill is a guy that hasn't been seen before and probably won't be seen again for a long, long, long time. I mean, his
1: the closest thing I can think of is, like, prime Steve Smith. Yeah. Like, Steve Smith would run similar routes where it's like, I'm just going to run down here, and Jake DeLome's just going to fling it in the air. We're going to do it.
2: Well, and the thing that's always been underrated about Tyreek, like, everyone always talks about the speed because I've never seen somebody that fast. Yeah. But the thing with him is he's got great hands. He will go up, and he will get the ball, no matter where you throw it to Not him. Not only that, he tracks it down. Yeah. Right? And he told the story when he was in Kansas City that he, his
1: brother used to just, like, fire a Frisbee out, and he yeah. just go try to hawk it down. Yeah. I still think it'd be great to see Tyreek Hill play center field in Major League Baseball. Oh, my gosh. Kidding me? Run the bases? You thought Terrence Gore Dude, and Gerard Dyson were you, fun?
2: You can play with two outfielders. Mm. You can play with one. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's Nick Price, James with you as well. On the other side, we'll do it. The best of the West and the best of the rest here on 610 Sports Radio, listening to After Hours. Back here on after hours 16 Sports Radio, James, Nick, Dusty
2: with you until nine o'clock. Going fast tonight. Always does. Yeah. It always does when you're having a good time talking with your good friends. Yeah. Mm. 913. Hill's getting older. He's going to slow down. Well, I don't see any does time. Does not look like it.
1: When he slows <laughs> down, he's still gonna be miles faster than everybody else. Yeah. Like, I hate to see what his slowing down is.
2: Um Tyreek Hill will be able to run faster. When he's 90 years old than I've ever ran in my life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Straight up, right? There's three things you'll never do in your
1: life. You'll never hit a 360-yard drive. You'll never dunk a basketball. And you'll never run as fast as Tyreek Hill. Never. You won't even run as fast as Chris Jones, who ran so fast (laughs) his
2: penis fell out. Yep. That is a fact. There's video of it. No shout-out. Yeah. Uh, Who are you shouting out? I don't know. Chris Jones. Good for him, man. Good Lord. (laughs) Pete Sweeney said this earlier in the interview about
1: a fellow team in the NFC that looks looks the championship part.
0: Andy Reid made a good point today, uh, that, though I, I do want to bring it up that he said on, on Zoom. And and it, it stuck out to me because Andy Reid doesn't usually bring up other teams and their situations to prove any point. Uh, he always just kind of keeps them in the house. But he brought up the 49ers. And a couple of weeks ago when the 49ers had lost three games in a row, it, it seemed like everyone was – just assuming and thinking that the Philadelphia Eagles were suddenly the team and the only possible team that would come out of the AFC, four weeks later they've won four games in a row and they absolutely smacked the Philadelphia Eagles. So the perspective can change quickly, and I think that's important to remember as well. Even as as down as some people may be on this particular team, you might feel a lot different in three weeks.
1: That Pete Sweeney, chief editor of Arrowhead Pride, who joined us tonight. He'll also join me on Wednesday uh, as we do Arrowhead Pride Radio from 6 to 7 on this same very station. Um. All right, AFC West. Still a little bit confident, more than you should be, probably with the teams in the division. Raiders five and seven, Chargers five and seven, um, Broncos six and six. Chargers and Broncos played this weekend. Raiders had a bye. Uh, Broncos lose. Chargers win by six against New England. In one of the worst games you've ever seen. Like, I wanted to call Scott Hansen and be like, hey, man, I don't have his number. If I did, I would have. Or text him. Like, I don't need to see Jets, Falcons updates, and I don't need to see New <laughs> England and Chargers updates. No. Just give me everything else. But the West, you still have a two-game lead. You're not losing that division. You're not losing out on that. So, we can start there. Look, Pete said it great. There was a time when Brock Purdy was hurt and San Francisco looked terrible for three consecutive games. They won last night against Philadelphia, forty-two to nineteen. And I promise you, when the power rankings come out, bet San Francisco is no. the number one team, no doubt. Yeah, and and before, I bet they're
2: probably Super Bowl favorites.
1: I uh, think Philadelphia might still be. Now, maybe you, that you can go to out. DraftKings. We yeah. know how you
2: have that as a hockey. I sure do. Um, it's on the front page of mine. But
1: when my you phone. go to the best of the rest, Miami leads in the AFC East. Buffalo in second at six and six must win game for Buffalo this week. We'll talk about that in the final segment, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Those are your three playoff teams out of the AFC North Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Houston. Those are three playoff teams out of the AFC South. Who's the number one team you fear right now? James, you start. No. Okay. <laughs> Because I will say this, like, yeah, I, don't I don't know about Baltimore hundred percent yet. I've seen one game without Mark Andrews. They want it. They've had a buy. They've got some time to fix things. Um, they play the Rams this week. The Rams look like they're starting to click. Now putting they, things together. They yeah. played Joe Flacco in the Browns, but Puka Nakua is still a stud. Got hurt. Came back in. Aaron
2: Williams is back. Cooper He's doing Cobb's great. Back.
1: Not only that, Stafford's back. And that, you know, that's a tough game for them. They play the Rams. They've got a they're gauntlet the tough a schedule, schedule the rest of the way out. Yeah. yeah, they play the Rams, Jags, Niners, Dolphins. That's yeah. their next four weeks. Uh-huh. So maybe some slippage there, right? You look at what Miami's schedule is moving forward. Not tough as, as Baltimore, but they get Tennessee, who's probably, I don't know if they're going to be with Derrick Henry this week. I know he had, like, possible concussion, but Vrabel said that he's not concussion protocol as of now. They get the Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens. Cowboys-Ravens-Bills are their final three games. There's a chance the Bills are going to have to play that game and really have to win against the Dolphins and maybe get in. The Ravens and Cowboys, the Cowboys currently have the MVP favorite in the NFL, Dak Prescott, or Mm. Brock Purdy, however you look at whatever site there is. And the Chiefs have the Bills, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Chargers, and no, not do they play? Yeah, they played the Chargers last week. They have the Raiders still. They play the Bills, the they play Bengals. the Patriots, and the Bengals. The Bengals look all right with Jake Browning tonight. Yeah, surprisingly so. Okay, <laughs> they should have never signed Burrow, is what you're saying? I'm kidding. Could have saved the money. Jake Browning night 17 and 19, 178. Um, as that game is tied at halftime, but I don't really fear Jacksonville. I, I, Miami. I mean, with that defense and the way they played them last time, and the only reason that game was somewhat close because that was one of your streaks where you didn't score in the second half. But look. We're five weeks away from the playoffs. San Francisco looks like a completely different
2: team three weeks later. Super Bowl favorites, by the way. They are? Plus 310. Phillies plus 550. Chiefs and Dolphins both plus 700. And then you got the Cowboys and Ravens at plus 850.
1: So who do you fear with the
2: rest of the, with five weeks left? In the AFC? Yeah. I mean, it's the easy answers, but Miami and Baltimore. Hmm. And even though you know you've already beat the Jaguars, but I just held them I to think the Jags points. are good, but you held them to nine points, mm-hmm. and I think that the Dolphins game you shut down Tyree Kill as much as you can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it happens the second time around. I mean, now they do I have A. Chan
1: back. They have Raheem Mostert, right, who's they're, they're second getting, in the league in touchdowns. They're getting
2: healthy at the right time, and they're also just. I don't know. You got a player like Tyreek Hill. He can go off in any game. Mm -hmm. And I could see them running into him in the playoffs, maybe playing at Arrowhead like they wanted to. And he goes for 160 and a touchdown or something. You know, like that's what's scary about them is they have that top end Offense that like the Chiefs had before they had a defense.
1: Yeah, turnovers kind of minute because they can just turn around in two plays later. They're it caught doesn't right matter, you know. Yeah. Like
2: you're not playing the same game. Like right. the Chiefs will be playing the methodical down the field, you know, taking what the defense gives you. Where they're just like, well, we'll just hit you for an 80 yard touchdown on two plays. Yeah. Uh So that's what scares me about them. And with the Ravens, it's really just it's not so much Lamar because I know what Lamar is when it comes to him playing Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. every time it's mattered, Patrick's got the best of them. And I last time they played in Baltimore, they won, because remember it was, you want
1: to go for it, Lamar. All right, right. let's do it. Well,
2: and I, I I think that things are a little bit different this time around though, because I think what happened in the past, that's given the chiefs, the big, the big advantage over Lamar is they've had such a great offense that they go up 14, nothing. And then it's like, well, can't run the ball very much. We got to throw it. And when Lamar drops back and throws it 35 times in a game, he usually throws a pick or two, and that ends up being the difference. And this year, I don't think it's going to be like that. And also, uh-huh. Baltimore's got a damn good defense too. Fair enough. We'll wrap this show up
1: on the other side. We'll get a level of concern regarding all three of us, and we will also talk about what is the Buffalo G- Buffalo Bills game. It is a must-win for Josh Allen, Sean McDermott coming to Kansas City at three twenty-five this Sunday. We'll wrap the show up on the other side of the ten Sports trailer listening to after hours. segment here on after hours on a Monday night before we tell you good night 1414 in the Monday night action Jacksonville three and out I think maybe not but either way they're punting it's fourth and one from their own 40 yard line 41 yard line looks like they're gonna punt they didn't get it on four third and one so uh strike up the Cincinnati fans in Kansas City that would move you up a little bit closer mm-hmm. but that also would disappoint me because then you wouldn't get uh Kenny Pickett or, M- minus uh, Pittsburgh. How great would that be? Your first home game in the playoffs is Mitch Trubisky against Patrick Mahomes.
2: I mean, I feel like the irony would... in that. Yeah. Right. That would probably go a lot. Like the last time they played Pittsburgh in the playoffs too, just where you had big Ben who like couldn't walk.
1: He was like dead.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: Somebody asked on the text line from the eight one six dusty. Do you think the chiefs will start phasing out MBS and just cut him next year or his, his money next year guaranteed. I can give you that answer, according to SpotTrack. Um, His base salary next year is $11.5 million, uh, $2 million signing bonus. And by releasing him, the Chiefs would have a dead cap of $2 million. So, so yeah, you're saving 9
2: 9, million. 9, $9.5 not yeah, I, I think he's, he's not going to be back. No. There's no way.
1: I don't think he's back I, next now, year. I
2: don't think that they phase him out this season, though. I think he's still going to be a piece. Because I think that they trust him to go out there and Yeah. Run the right route. I did
1: see the wide receiver snap count, according to Pete Sweeney, uh, as he tweeted this out earlier. Chiefs wide receiver snap counts week 13 versus Packers. Rasheed Rice, 46. Sky Moore, 44. Justin Watson, 40. MBS, 33. Kadarius, Tony, 12. Richie James, 4. I will say what I'd like to see is I'd like to see that number of 46 stay. I don't need 44 snap counts for Sky Moore. Uh, Maybe give a little bit more to Watson and maybe get Richie James. I liked what we saw from Richie James. I did too. Don't need too much. Be the guy they forget about and have that little gadget play once or twice in a game, especially a team like Buffalo, who's had a bye week, who's now two weeks removed from Ken Dorsey. Look, I can tell you what Buffalo is going to do to Kansas City. They're going to run the ball. They're going to try to hold on to it as long as possible. And they're going to use that tight end that they got in Dalton Kincaid, who's a rookie, who's a stud. Because, look, still, no wide receiver one has over 100 yards against the Chiefs. Right? Christian Kirk did it. He's not their wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Palmer kid from the Chargers did it. He's yeah. clearly not their number one. No one else has had 100 yards. Receiving. Watson and I think uh, Dobbs last night had 70 and 70. Tough matchup for Stephon Diggs. But the thing that concerns me about the Buffalo game is, is that they can do something that other teams are starting to do to the chiefs, right? They're going to try to get it to where more often than not, and maybe most teams obviously do this, but they're going to try to get themselves in like second and to where they can get to like third and one and third manageable and just try to run the ball up the middle, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's cook, whoever it may be, they're just going to try to just suck the clock's life out of the Kansas city Chiefs sideline. Because again, do we honestly feel that teams fear this offense?
2: No, no I think the answer I, is no. No, and I think that it's a lot like what we talked about earlier of how teams are totally content with getting three to four yards at a time sure. against the Chiefs because they know, hey, if we get ourselves into a third and two, third and one, mm-hmm. especially with Josh Allen, yeah, they're going to pick that up, you know, yeah. most of the time. Yeah. yeah. So I see Josh Allen probably having a lot of QB sneaks, tush mm-hmm. pushes, whatever, whatever they end up doing, but. That's how that game's going to look. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right on that. I, I don't think that the Bills are going to come out and say, hey, we're just going to try to chuck it all around. Like, no, there's enough tape to say that this defense and this secondary is very, very good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a ball control thing. They're going to look at what the Packers just did. They're going to say, hey, if we can have it to where Mahomes only touches the ball a couple of times mm-hmm. in each half, we got a really good chance to win.
1: Currently, right now, according to DraftKings, the Kansas City Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites against Buffalo. Money line on that game is minus 135 for the Kansas City Chiefs. I remind you, the last time Patrick Mahomes lost back-to-back games was the 2021 season, weeks two and three. Mm -hmm. I said last week, when they played the Raiders, if you've ever wanted to hammer a Chiefs bet, it's always after a loss. Mm -hmm. What is your confidence in this game against Buffalo?
2: I think one out of ten, probably like a seven. Okay. Okay. Because they are really great at bouncing back. I think Buffalo's got some issues right now. And I think that they're going to have a little bit of the boogeyman coming for them. Okay. When it comes to not only is just Mahomes pissed off and Kelsey's pissed off and all of this, but there goes the over for Jamar Chase right there. Mm. And he kind Uh, of flaunted it too. Yeah, he did.
1: Cincinnati goes up 17 or 21-14 against the Jags as Jamar Chase has had a 60 plus yard touchdown, 76 yard touchdown from Jake Browning, who now has well over 200 yards and having himself a night.
2: But you know, like my thing when it comes to the bills and them coming back to Arrowhead is that 13 second game that Mm -hmm. we like to talk about all the time Mm -hmm. that broke them a little bit, a little bit. They haven't been the same since then. Diggs has been a diva, you know, like their offense hasn't been the same. Josh has been turning the ball over a lot. So I think that. It's it's either going to go one or one of two ways. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would say, like, if the Chiefs were kind of just coasting right now and they had sure. won last night and maybe this game didn't mean very much, mm-hmm. I'd say Bills are probably going to win this game, you know, because it means more to them at that point. But I think that the Chiefs have not necessarily their back against the wall, but they definitely know, like, hey, we got to take this seriously. Like, yeah. We got to really push. We got to try to win out, give ourselves a chance to that one seed, like, like you said, the season just started yeah. in December, so yeah. that's when it matters. I, I I'd say seven out of ten. What do you think?
1: I'm at like a six. Yeah, a soft six, which sounds weird to say out loud. Yeah, which would be nice. Uh, James, where's your level of concern? Where's your level of confidence going into the Buffalo game? Well, let me let me ask this first. What's what's the word on Nick Bolton? Is he, is we'll he find out Wednesday. Be, Wednesday? From what I've been told is this last week, they basically had him practice every day and ramped him up for what it would be for a game week sure. to see how he would react. And then next week or this week, they get him back out there and then make a decision because they did say he was seen at practice like a giant like club on his hand. Heard, heard. Yeah, no, If I mean, if Nick Bolton's back, uh, of course I'm going to feel a lot better. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to shore up a lot of the problems we've had um, you know, with teams gashing us up the middle four or five yards at a time. Um, if he's not back, I think you're right. I think Buffalo's going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to run it a lot um, because our secondary is above average. I mean, probably know? best in the league. I, I'd, I'd say at the very least yeah. a, above average. But um, so, yeah, no, I, I my level of concern with Buffalo. Uh, I'm 70 percent confident we win this game. Okay, so you're a 7 out of 10. Yeah. So I'm the bad guy. Chiefs this year allowing 114.7 on the ground. That's 19th in the league. That's that's getting into territory that you don't like to see.
2: No, and I, I got to say, too, you know, Vegas is usually pretty spot on with these things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they've got it at Chiefs, what, minus 130, he said, mm-hmm. means they think this game is a toss-up. I mean, it's 2.5. Yeah. It's and, you know, they, they try to, especially with the teams that have a better home field and everything, give them mm-hmm. like three points is what they always say.
1: And so, w- And one thing that, that Buffalo has done since firing their coordinator is they've given the ball to James Cook. Now he's got fumble issues, but his last two games, 16 rushes, 17 rushes, 43 yards, 73 yards, and then before that he had 109 against Denver. It's no secret what teams are trying to do to this defense. Keep them on the field, wear them tight, you know, rope a dope it, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? Sit back, make them use all their energy, stopping the run, and then sneak, you know, that killer fourth and one or that killer third and two and continue to keep the defense out. I'm at about a six out of ten. I better check myself with this Chiefs team because I was way too confident yeah. going into Green Bay. I thought Green Bay had just played some NFC teams. I've always thought the AFC is way more dominant. It's the stronger league. And I don't know, man. I don't know where my head's at yet. We'll we'll figure it out throughout the week. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Dane and Hughes on at 7.30 with the guys from Fesco in the morning as well as Pete Sweeney at 8.25. Nate Taylor on at 1 o'clock with the guys from Cody and Gold and then Aaron Ladd of 41 KSHB at 2.30 with CDOT on the drive. K-State will play at 6. Their game will start at 5, so we'll do Arrowhead Pride on Wednesday and then we'll be back Thursday after Players Only. James, good stuff tonight. Nick, always love having you around, man. Uh, to all the callers, I appreciate you. We're always a source of safety. You can vent on this There's show whatever you space. Want. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can be that, you know, what is it, Breaking Bad? That guy that was always trying to get Jesse Pinkman to, to be better. Mm-hmm. That's me, man. I've been you before. I've been sky is falling, but it's all right. To everyone out there in Kansas City, continue to have a great, safe night. Enjoy your holiday season. Again, go to do things nice for people. You never know, it could change their day, week, month, or even year. It's cool to care. Have a good night, Kansas City. Good night. Love you.
2: After Hours with Dusty Lichens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat.